And we wanted to thank today's sponsors brought to you by Anchor.fm. Ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's completely no charge. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone, tablet, or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, where it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, and many more. Guys, it's everything you need to make a podcast. Honestly, it just takes for you to really get started. Go ahead and download the free Anchor app and go to anchor.fm and look forward to seeing you create your show. Yes. Welcome to the How to Be a Grown-Up podcast. My name is Eric Andrus, and this is my show. I'm an educator, a family man, a fitness lover, and a guy that's just dedicated to helping you live your best life. The goal of my podcast is to share inspiring stories from the most brilliant minds in education, world-class athletes, and influential individuals on the planet to help young people find out what makes great people great. So whether you're a student in my classroom, a scholar from around the country, or just someone who's a kid at heart, get ready for cutting-edge, non-run-of-the-mill content to help you be the best grown-up you can be. So without further ado, let's learn how to be a grown-up. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Whenever you are joining me, I am so profoundly glad that you are here I am so grateful that you and I can connect and commune on these higher ideas together. And I am profoundly humbled and honored that you would take the time out of your busy day, out of your busy schedule to listen. As always, my name is Eric Andrus, and this is the How to Be a Grown-Up podcast, the show that I created for you, my wonderful and powerful and amazing young men and women, to help you remember that you have a birthright to be happy, to be healthy, and to live absolutely extraordinary lives. Today, I have an awesome conversation for you guys. Today, I got a chance to sit down and chat with one of my fitness, one of my nutrition, one of my mindset idols, Rich Roll. This guy is a powerhouse for positive change in this world, and I am so excited for you to get a chance to get to know him. Uh, Now, I'm going to give you a lot more of a biography, a lot more of an introduction uh, of Rich at the top of our podcast together. Man, this is a good one. But at the top of our show here, I wanted to take a second to talk to you about why I was interested in having Rich on the show. And I want to start with this quote. There was this for those of you that are pretty, pretty young, there was this famous chef. She was one of the first female chefs on television and probably the very first internationally known female chef that really spoke to the average household consumer, and that was Julia Child. She wrote this, You don't have to cook fancy or complicated masterpieces. Just good food from fresh ingredients. I'll be honest with you, for a lot of my life, I didn't exactly identify with that quote. My idea of good food was something quick that I could microwave and shove in my face real fast. I didn't know what it felt to feel vital. 
I didn't know what it felt to have food be something that helped bring you up, helped elevate your mood, and helped you bring a little bit of joy into your day. Instead, and I'll be totally raw and vulnerable and honest with you, as I've mentioned on the podcast before, food was something that I truly struggled with. Food is something that I had a deep, dark, emotional tie to. I tied my self-worth to the numbers that were on my scale. I tied my self-worth to how bad I felt after I hoovered yet another family-sized bag of Cheetos. I would go as far as hiding the wrappers so that I didn't have to look at them. Now, none of these things are parts of my life that I'm particularly proud of, but I do think that they acted as the foundation for what I decided to become. They acted as an impetus or the ignition to the fuel to push me to start to learn about new healthy ways of eating. One particular book that I came across, one particular uh, avenue that I found for healthful eating was the cookbook that Rich Roll and his wife Julie wrote. It's this beautiful vegan cookbook called The Plant Power Way. It's full of wonderful, unbelievable recipes that really spoke to me because they were quick, they were easy, and someone <laughs> someone as, as slow as me could figure out how to bring fresh, healthful food into my daily life via these simple recipes. It opened a huge door for me. It allowed me to see that I could feel clear, I could feel cognizant and present in the moment. It, it gave me a boost of confidence when I looked in the mirror and I saw someone who I could barely recognize because I no longer looked like that Norwegian Michelin man, that giant circle of a guy. I started to look slightly slender. Now don't get me wrong, I am still on my own fitness journey. But over the course of the conversation as you listen to Mr. Roll and I talk, I hope you ruminate on this idea. I hope you ruminate on the question of, am I eating the foods that give me the vitality, the alertness, and the positivity that I deserve to have in my life? If not, what can I do about that? So emulate the example that Mr. Roll has set forth. Emulate the example that he and his wife have set forth. Be mindful about what you put in your body. Be thoughtful about the food that you bring into your home. And know that when you feed yourself that way, ladies and gentlemen, not only will you get sick less, not only will you feel better, but you will be setting a positive example for the people around you. You are not just helping yourself. You are being of service to other people. All right, ladies and gentlemen, just a little bit of housekeeping here. This is a podcast that I am honored, that I love to do, but I don't make a dime off of it. This show is something that I pour my heart into, and I would be honored and I would be blessed if you would take the time to leave me a positive review. It goes a long way to helping me bring the positive messages of these brilliant, amazing, incredible interviewees to more young people. Secondly, if you or someone you know is making a positive change in the world, I want to hear from you. Email me at howtobeagrownuppodcast at gmail.com.
All right, without further ado, let's talk to Rich Roll and learn how to be a grown-up. ladies and gentlemen, and welcome once more to another episode of the How to Be a Grown-Up podcast. It's my humble privilege and profound honor to welcome Rich Roll to the show today. Let me tell you a little bit about my powerfully amazing guest. Rich is a renowned endurance athlete who's accomplished physical feats that few of us could scarcely dream of. He's a cookbook curator along with his lovely wife. He helped to bring the Plant Power Way, a fabulous repository of delicious vegan food carefully designed to help the average family chef find their feet in the kitchen. And as a side note, try the vegan fettuccine Alfredo and thank me later. He's an author having penned the best-selling Finding Ultra, a brilliant podcast host, and the voice behind the wonderful Rich Roll podcast. And lastly, but certainly not leastly, a proponent of mindfulness and meditation as well. Not long ago, Rich was like a lot of us, overweight and dissatisfied with his direction in life. Revolutionizing his outlook, Rich adopted a plant-based lifestyle and started doing a business that involves what he loves. Rich now brings his powerful and compassionate message to people the world over and inspires them to be the best versions of themselves. In a time in our country and our world when it can feel like we're descending into darkness, Rich is an ambassador for light, love, and hope. I am profoundly grateful to welcome him to the show today. Rich, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks so much for having me, Eric. It's a a privilege and an honor to talk to you, and uh, thanks for such a beautiful introduction. I hope I can live up to it. Oh, man, the honor is mine. Um, But that leads me to my first question here. You know, if I was one of my 14 through 18-year-olds sitting in my classroom, and I heard all the cool stuff that you do over the course of your day, I might go, I don't know how to pin down what Rich does. So, If you're out and about and you're meeting someone new at an event or a party and they say, Rich, what do you do for a living? How exactly do you answer them? (laughs) You're going to stump me with the first question because I always struggle (laughs) with with how to best answer that question. And I I usually switch it up and it kind of depends on on my audience and who I'm talking to. Sure. But I guess it's, you know, I do many different things so it doesn't fall into you know, a pithy, short, you know, one-liner of what I do. And that's kind of beautiful. I think, you know, I grew up in a time where, you know, you you get a job or you get a career and and that's who you are. And if somebody asks you what you do, that's, you know, it's a very easy response to that. And I've kind of uh, gratefully uh, transcended that a little bit. And so I do many things. You know, I write books. I host a podcast. Uh, essentially, you know, I'm a wellness advocate. I think that's kind of a nice umbrella catch-all for what I do, but I'm also an athlete and a dad and a husband and all different kinds of things. That's so awesome. I'd love to back up if you don't mind. One of the things I love being able to bring to my young scholars is the superhero origin stories, if you will, of inspiring people like you. So I'd love to know if you wouldn't mind sharing with my students what started you along this journey towards health and wellness, and what brought you to become this kind of beautiful, compassionate teacher to the world that you are today? Um, well, it was a, a, a number of factors. It wasn't any one specific thing. Um, and I think it evolved out of uh, 
you know, trying to figure out how to be, uh, how to be authentic to myself in the world, you know, and I, I chased, um, sort of social approval for many years, uh, and putting on, uh, you know, sort of career uniforms that didn't really fit and, and living at odds with really kind of my heart, what my heart was calling me to do. And that led me down some dark alleyways and, and, and some pretty, uh, some pretty desperate times, you know, I was a, I was a, I'm a recovering alcoholic. So for 15 years, you know, I was sort of lost in drugs and alcohol. And when I was 31, I got sober and that experience, uh, which occurred, you know, I, I basically went to rehab and I lived in a rehab for a hundred days, which is a pretty long time to be in rehab. And I think that was my first introduction to the idea of how to how to um, be a spiritual being, you know, having a human experience to kind of organize my life and my priorities and my decision making around uh, around, you know, sort of cultivating how to serve and how to uh, grow, um, grow spiritually. And so it wasn't overnight. It was many years of trying to figure out what that meant to me. Yeah. Um, initially, in the wake of, of getting sober, I was just trying to repair all the wreckage that I had created, all the havoc that I created as a result of, of being a, an alcoholic for so many years. And, and I was still very intent on, you know, kind of getting back on track on the corporate ladder. And I played that out for a long time until I realized it wasn't for me and I, I needed to continue to grow and, and, and try new things. And so ultimately, uh, you know, the move into kind of health and wellness was, was put upon me almost. Yeah. You know, basically, I overlooked my health and my fitness for many years when I was trying to, you know, get back up on that corporate ladder. And I gained 50 pounds and I was just very unhealthy. I was depressed. I was disinterested in my life. And despite kind of getting all the stuff back that I, you know, worked so hard for, it wasn't meaningful to me. And everything kind of came to a head shortly before I turned 40 when I had a health scare. Um, I was going up my stairs late one night and I had to pause. I was, you know, I had tightness in my chest and sweat on my brow and and really defeated by a simple flight of stairs. And it was kind of a scary moment because I'd been an athlete when I was younger. And I realized in that moment that I needed to reorganize how I was living. And, you know, that began with overhauling my diet. And one thing led to another. I mean, it wasn't like I had this epiphany about a new career. It was just trying to trying to uh, get healthier and then also learning how to trust my instincts and, and, and follow follow those instincts, even when they didn't seem to make logical sense, I think is the best way to explain how I've gone from there to here. That's amazing, man. I, I'd love to know as well, you know, there's a lot of people that take on the journey of self-empowerment and finding a way to allow themselves to be vital and healthy over the course of the, over the, course of the workday. But so few take that extra step that you have to help empower other people to do the same. Was there something that inspired you to take that leap into entrepreneurialism to bring really veganism or plant-based, I I like your term a lot better, plant-based eating, uh, to the masses? Well, it was never... It was never, it wasn't, I'll tell you what it wasn't. It wasn't born out of this idea of trying to be some kind of self-help, you know, expert or Mm -hmm. guru or kind of some kind of motivational, inspirational figure Uh, that never entered my mind. What what really happened was, um, 
you know, changing my lifestyle, like, first of all, getting sober and then changing my lifestyle later, uh, just transformed me so dramatically and so completely that, uh, that I felt compelled to share that and in hopes that, you know, share the experience and in hopes that that would be a lifeline for somebody else that is out there struggling. And, these are things that I learned in recovery. You know, what you learn in 12-step and in Alcoholics Anonymous and, you know, any form of, of sort of addiction recovery is that it really boils down to one alcoholic sharing with another, sharing their experience. Mm-hmm. And I sort of just took that and applied it to other areas of my life. So I don't really give advice to anybody. I share my experience. And I'm happy yeah. to, you know, talk further about it if somebody's interested in but I, in, in it. But I'm not, I'm not trying to convert people. I'm just trying to allow people to believe that that they have greater control over their health and over their sort of life path and destiny than I think our society or culture uh, really uh, allows us to believe. And, you know, it's been as surprising to me <laughs> as anybody that I've been able to take this and, and, and turn it into a way to provide for my family, which is such a gift, you know, because otherwise I'd be back practicing law, which is what I was doing before I was a corporate lawyer. And this is, it's, it's, it's a much more gratifying way to live, but it really started from the premise of, of having faith that if you are in service to others, that not only will that make you happier and more whole, um, but it will provide you sort of, I always say like the universe conspires to support you when your heart is in the right place. So when I'm in service, uh, I know that somehow things will work out and that doesn't mean it wasn't hard. Sure. It was very, very hard. And we went through a lot of financial difficulty and all so- sorts of other things. It was very much a warrior's path, but by remaining true to that, by being, uh, by having fidelity, you know, to that idea, that has really been the thing that has that has been the touchstone and the foundation um, behind everything that I do. That is amazing and beautifully put. And folks listening at home, I want to highlight something that Rich just said here. Being of service to others is the best way to truly become in tune with your own purpose here in life. There's this wonderful quote uh, by Marion Wright Edelman, uh, Martin Luther King Jr.'s lawyer, and forgive me if this is not verbatim, but I think it's pretty close. She said this, service is the rent we pay for being. It's the very purpose of life and not something you do in your spare time. Understand, ladies and gentlemen, that our prime purpose in our life is to help other people. That when we do that, we lay the foundation for positive change, not just in other people's lives, but in ours as well. You know, I've spoken about my own struggles with addiction in the past on this podcast, and one of the ways that I've allowed myself to continue to progress forward is by helping others with their struggles. Understand that your scars are your credentials to teach others. Your heartbreak or obstacles or friction that you've faced in the past give you credibility, and they allow you to bring a true empathy, a true compassion to the people that you interact with on a daily basis. So, Rich, thank you for pointing that out. That is such an important point that I hope my kids can take away from this. Yeah, that's quite beautifully said. And and if I could just add to that yeah. um, a, a further sentiment, it's that we, you know, we sort of approach or think about service as something that's burdensome or inconvenient. Uh, but the truth is, 
and we all know it intellectually because we see it quoted all the time in quotes yeah. like you just iterated that uh, that service is the path to happiness. But we don't quite buy it, right? Yeah. We see that and we're like, yeah, but you know, if I can just get that big screen TV or if I can upgrade my car or get that new pair of tennis shoes, that's going to go a lot further towards making me happy than like going out of my way to help somebody else. But the, I can tell you that the opposite is true. And it's, it's, not, it's not burdensome and it's not inconvenient. It's actually a gift. So even if you're approaching it from a selfish perspective, like, hey, I want to be happy for me, yeah. uh, you know, then do, then be of service and watch your life transform and grow. Oh, absolutely. I've, I've got two more questions here for you, but before that, I want to just take a second and acknowledge you and tell you two words that I'm sure you don't hear nearly enough, and that's a humble thank you from the bottom of my heart. Uh, several years ago, I uh, was uh, uh, almost 300 pounds, and wow. I was trying to find my way into health. I, was, I didn't grow up an athlete. I hadn't surrounded myself by people that were making healthful choices. And so as I went to try and get a personal trainer, uh, it felt all over my head. And I came across your book, and I, I read it all in one night because it seemed so immediately accessible to me. This idea that I could buy running shoes and it could potentially transform my life. And slowly but surely it did. I, and, and I run endurance races now for fun. So for the gifts that you have given my life, for the, for the husband that you've allowed me to be, the father that you've allowed me to present to my children, and, and for the gifts that you've given to people the world over, I just want to acknowledge you and th humbly thank you. Oh, that's beautiful to hear, man. That's fantastic. I, I, I love that. That's that's a, an amazing story. And uh, congratulations, because you did the work. You know what I mean? Like I may have laid out a story uh, for you to follow, but you're the one who actually implemented that, implemented it. And I think it's, you know, important to understand that that on some level, like inspiration is cheap, like anybody can sure, kind of put sure. up an Instagram with a quote on it or something <laughs> like that. But, you know, how valuable is that? Um, you know, I'm, I'm interested in mining that gap that exists between the inspiration and the action. And, you know, in my case, you know, really the only thing that's ever motivated me to, to truly change and grow has been pain. Yeah. Uh, but the truth is, is that change is always available to you. You know, it's a decision, it's a choice and it's harder if you're not in pain, but, um, but it's, but it's possible. Absolutely. And you're an example of that. Thank you, man. I received that. Uh, my second to last question here is this, you know, one of the things that I really love about what you and your family do is that you bring plant-based foods to people in such an easily accessible way. But for a lot of my students, for whom nutrition at home really doesn't come into the equation, a lot of these ideas are very new to them. So if one of my kids was interested in maybe starting to experiment with plant-based eating at home, what might be a first step that they could start with? I think the most important thing, uh, the, the fundamental idea behind all of this that, that transcends, you know, plant-based diet or whatever diet it is that you choose to adopt and follow is the edict uttered by Hippocrates 2000 years ago, which is essentially, uh, let, let food be thy medicine. Yeah. You know, food is, food is very powerful and 
<clears throat> you know, um, another thing that we're not really taught growing up is that we do have control over our health and that the foods that we put in our body have a tremendous impact on not only how we feel and, and what happens to our bodies, but whether or not we're going to get sick or develop any number of these chronic ailments that are killing millions of people unnecessarily right now. Yeah. So, you know, when we're talking about, um, you know, people like your listeners who, who perhaps live in, in uh, urban food deserts or places where it's difficult to get healthy food, these are the people that are most susceptible to, uh, you know, the three diseases that are killing most people, which is heart disease. Heart disease claims the life of one out of every three people. Uh, obesity, 70% of Americans are obese or overweight right now. And they're predicting that in the very near future, 50% of Americans are going to be diabetic or pre-diabetic. Like wow. These are astronomical, crazy, crazy numbers. And it's because of the food. And when you live in, a, in, in an area where, where healthy food is hard to come by, you become a likely candidate for contracting one of these chronic illnesses that, you know, quite possibly can take your life. So it's, in, you know, it's incumbent upon me and it's incumbent upon your listeners to take that seriously and understand that, uh, that you need to take the reins and you need to figure out a way to find healthy food in your environment, whether it's through, uh, you know, an urban garden or, or maybe even starting an urban garden or, you know, rearranging the budget to make room to spend a little bit more uh, in the sacrifice of, of, you know, somewhere else where you might spend the money to get that healthy food. And, you know, when you're young, it's hard to be, you know, sort of look at the long term because uh -huh. you're like, well, I'll deal with that later. So I get it. And, you know, I ate a fast, I was a junk food junkie, fast food diet addict for most of my, all of my adolescence and, you know, through my 20s and, and, and 30s. And I paid the price and I, I dodged a bullet, uh, but a lot of people don't. And so, you know, the more people can think about that equation of food as medicine, um, the, the, uh, the better off you're going to be. So as silly and as trite and as annoying as it might sound, you know, <laughs> eating your fruits and vegetables uh, really does make an impact. And it's a, it's, it's a very powerful thing. And I can't overstate um, how important it is to maintaining your health. I mean, nobody wants to have their foot amputated because of no. diabetes. And, and yet this is what's happening, you know, to millions of Americans on a daily basis right now because our food system is broken and we can't wait for the government to solve it. Yeah. Uh, we have to take personal responsibility. So it's about prioritizing it. Absolutely. The food you eat can either be the safest and most powerful form of medicine or the slowest form of poison. Folks, mm -hmm. it, it is profoundly important to listen to what Rich just said. Um, here's my last question for you, sir. As we were talking about right before we started recording, the reason that I started this show was to teach kids the things that I think we're failing to give to them in school. I mean, we teach them English, we teach them economics, we teach them things that help them to live efficiently. But I think it's more important to help young people learn to live well and live life, lives of depth and richness. So I decided to call the podcast How to Be a Grown-Up. So mm -hmm. in your mind, what does being a grown-up mean to you? Yeah, it's a great question. I think that um, school is great for learning things like math and history, but not so great 
when it comes to instilling in you know young minds uh, a sense of purpose yeah. and a sense a sense of self uh, and a sense of self sovereignty, right? Mm-hmm. The truth of the matter is each and every one of you listening is perfectly created, you know, perfectly created. And you have your own song, your own voice. And we need you to be more of that. We need you to be in full expression of that unique voice that you have, whatever gift it is that you brought. And I don't mean gift like LeBron James, you know, playing basketball. <laughs> I think we all have, you know, something about ourselves that is unique and I think school should be more about trying to cultivate what that is in each student and, and providing them with the tools and the motivation and the resources to better express that. So in terms of what that means you know, for being a grown-up, it's about <clears throat> understanding who you are. It's about understanding who you are. And it's also about um, understanding that you are not your circumstances and you are not what has happened to you. Yeah. It's about what you do with what happened to you. Right. So, um, and only you can do that and, and, and you have to take responsibility for that. It's your life, right? So you can be a victim or you can take it upon yourself to do what is necessary to crawl out of whatever predicament or, environment or experience that you're having that is not serving your highest self and make the commitment to to uh you know to to growing past that to transcending that and and i don't mean again to make it sound like that's an easy thing it's probably the hardest thing you will ever do um and you know it doesn't mean that it's going to be fair or any of those things but it can be done. And if you invest in yourself and have healthy boundaries around yourself and, and make conscious decisions about how you spend your time, where you invest your energy and the quality of people that you hang out with, uh, you will see your life improve. Absolutely. Rich, thank you so much for your time today. If if my young scholars are interested in finding your podcast or uh, a place where they can pick up your book, uh, where should they look? Yeah, so uh, my podcast is available wherever you listen to podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud or you know any number of those apps. It's called The Rich World Podcast, and I do long-form interviews, like 90 minutes to two hours, with all different types of uh, inspiring people, positive change makers all over the planet, people that are doing really cool stuff. Uh, so you could check that out. Um, lots of inspiring stories uh, of people that have, you know, really transformed their lives in, in pretty, you know, marvelous and, and, and dramatic ways. Uh, my books, Finding Ultra and the Plant Power Way, you can find on Amazon or, you know, basically any Barnes and Noble or anywhere where you buy books. Fantastic. I'm going to wrap up real quick. Would you mind hanging out for another 30 seconds? Sure. Awesome. Thank you so much, Rich. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another wonderful conversation here on How to Be a Grown-Up Podcast. Please stick around, folks, because I've got a couple of takeaways for you. What an amazing agent for positive, healthful change in this world. Here's my takeaways, ladies and gentlemen. You don't have to be a genius to eat clean. It is something that is simple and possible for each and every single one of us. We just have to educate ourselves and take the steps necessary to bring healthful food into our homes. 
Alright ladies and gentlemen, my name is Eric Anders, this has been How to Be a Grown Up Podcast, and you have been awesome. Until later this week, until next week, do not forget that you have a birthright to be happy, to be healthy, and to live powerfully extraordinary lives. Alright, I'm out.